This podcast is brought to you by Exergo Technologies, providing some of the most affordable and portable sports science technology on the market. Made by coaches for coaches. Stop guessing, start assessing. Produced from the Cube Studios, this is Strong by Science. In-depth conversations about science-based training, sports performance, and all things health and wellness. Here's your host, Max Schmarzo. All right, now I'm with the the Mind Pump crew here today, guys. Um, go ahead and say hello if you don't mind. We're in a room, by the way, for those obviously who can't see us. It's an awesome facility. We got love seats and chairs in here. I'm leaning back on the sweet microphone. Yeah, we're comfortable, man. Um, these guys are the real deal. And just to give them a plug, I just did a podcast with them, and they're kind enough to let me use their studio to do a podcast on my end interviewing them. So that alone should tell you enough about who they are and what they mean to do with this community here in the SNC, you know, fitness and health and wellness world. No bullshit aside, they're trying to help. And I mean, it's very easy to be an ass and be like, oh, you know, yeah, you can interview us when you go back home over Skype um, and whatnot. But I, they asked me straight up, hey, do you want to you know, have us on your podcast? So for those listeners at home, go check them out. Like they, it's it's for a good reason. And so thank you guys. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you, you saying the kind words. Um, you, you, you know, we started earlier, you had asked us that you, you know, you want to kind of uh, us to talk a little bit about why we do what we do or how we kind of started. All of us, uh, have been in fitness, um, professionally in general, the, the, the general public fitness, uh, managing gyms, uh, managing trainers, training clients ourselves, for a very very long time, you know, I've been doing it for over 20 years, and, and Adam and Justin have been doing it for almost as long. So, a lot of history there. And he always holds that over us. Yeah, I'm just I'm just old, I'm just the oldest. It's that's like all two it years, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. Whatever. Right? Yeah, I know I look 10 years older, but it's only two years. But the the you know we have a deep passion for what we're doing, and we found a lot of success doing what we did uh, in the the gym space early on. But at some point, all of us kind of came to the same conclusion where we all wanted – and I didn't, by the way, I didn't know these guys before we started the podcast. I knew of these guys because we all worked in, in a similar area, um, but we didn't all, all meet. I know Adam and Justin were, were good friends and worked together, and I had worked with Doug, but the four of us weren't all a, a team until we started Mind Pump. Uh, but we all had this common vision and goal of trying to um, kind of shift the direction – of the the fitness industry at large is at this time and even today still the fitness industry is just i mean it's just packed full of garbage lots of bad information you know when i was a kid and i started working out i got all my fitness information from the bodybuilding magazines and looking back there was some stuff that i learned from them but a lot of the stuff that they told me was was not true it was either to get me to buy a product or a supplement or it was just to get them me to buy their concept or their magazine it wasn't stuff that I could really learn from. The people that I learned the most from were the power lifters at the gym who took me under their wing or my dad's friend who was a guy who'd been lifting weights for, you know, for, for 25 years and he also trained people. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to create a, a company that would promote good information but do in a way that was effective because what we had found was the people who were saying the good stuff, people like you, for example, who, who really have good information, a lot of those people – weren't doing a great job reaching a lot of people. 
they were kind of talking to their peers. Like, the, like it was the smart trainers who seeked out that information. But the average person wasn't really paying attention. The average person was listening to the flashy, charismatic idiots that are selling yeah. the garbage. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to combine the two. We wanted to be entertaining. We wanted to be able to communicate to the average person, but we also wanted to to convey good information. And we also wanted to create something that allowed us to bring smart people with good information like yourself. It's because we just interviewed you through our medium. And so really the big overarching theme was how do we shift the industry to – at the moment, it's kind of part of the problem to becoming a solution to the problem. When I, when I, when I refer to the problem, it's to the health epidemic uh, that, that we see in modern times, which has to do with chronic disease. We've solved acute issues, but we don't. chronic disease is a major problem. Obesity, diabetes, cancer, and this kind of uh, you know, uh, life uh, that kind of lacks meaning and purpose and is really all about um, easy and pleasure and all this kind of stuff. And so it's like, how do we... Do, how do we get through to all these people? How do we cut through all the noise? And so that's kind of how we developed our podcast and our company. I think we really just all saw a lot of things that needed improvement. And we saw like a lot of conflicting messages out there and and a lot of clients coming in. um, We're getting a lot of their information from, you know, your Dr. Oz's, your, your pop culture, uh, whatever, uh, you know, crazy fad diet was out there. Like they're coming in with that knowledge and we were having to kind of deep, deep, construct that and kind of like talk them through like why we should probably have a different approach. And, you know, for us, it's been a, it's a, this podcast came out of desperation of like this frustration we all had, uh, towards people just, they're not getting good information. And, uh, we didn't really know that this was going to be a message that was going to kind of define us. Uh, it was definitely something that we just all kind of mutually saw and agreed that, wow, they, like, what can we do? Like, how can we, how can we be more effective as trainers and, and, uh, be able to communicate a better message out there. And like podcasting just started to kind of create, uh, it just started to kind of emerge and and become like a platform that people are paying attention to. And we've all tried a lot of different things. We've tried creating an app. We've tried, you know, reaching people through our websites. We've tried, uh, you know, like owning facilities, uh, managing other trainers. Like there's lots of different aspects of fitness we've all had our hands in. Uh, but this is one of those things where we just stumbled upon, uh, you know, meeting each other and realizing that like this was something that was substantial. This was our why. This is what, you know, we need to, you know, speak upon and be able to uh, communicate towards your general audience. Well, it also speaks to our success too and the way you introed us and i love how doug always says that it's like a labor of love for us um the reason why we've been able to reach the success that we've had is because we led with that first with you know everybody was successful doing other business before we didn't necessarily get into this with the need to make money from it and so it was how can we provide so much damn value to our audience that whatever it is we decide to do to monetize in the future, it'll work. And that was really how we started. I mean, when we started out, uh, we must have done, what, 200 episodes before we even turned on the monetization. So this business didn't make any money whatsoever. And we were constantly just using uh, the the content we were providing and the, the feedback that we got as a litmus test to drive the direction of the podcast. And I remember when we finally really turned it into a business was, 
we all came into the the podcast room at that point. At that time, it was uh, Doug's place where we we're just transitioning into the first small studio. And we were like, hey, is it is it time to turn this into like a real business? And everybody at that time was starting to get DMs and emails and message of people trying to give us money. They were just saying, hey, you guys should start a Patreon. Can I just, where can I send you money? And it was getting like this every single day. And we're like, okay, now I feel good about providing something that we can start to monetize and make money from. Up until that point, though, it wasn't about that. It was always... You know, how can we keep providing so much information and so much value to these people? And that's really been the formula. And I did a post probably, I don't know, four or five months ago about this this whole mission of ours was, can we provide so much good, free content and information that you can't possibly consume all of it? And it's taken us several years to get there, but we're at a point now where there's about five free blogs that go out every single day. You got a weekly newsletter. You got your fitness tip that's going. You've got your monthly newsletters going out. We've got a whole thing on Mind Pump Free of free guides. You've got three, three to five YouTube videos that go every day. You've got five podcast episodes a week going on. I mean, you just can't consume it. And there's so much free, valuable content. What I really like about that is you guys had the ship, you built the ship. You built the sails, and then you tried catching the wind, mm. right? And so I think a lot of times people get into a situation where they see, oh, you know, maybe I can you know, make a little money here, a little money there. But that's not a why-driven model, right? You had a reason, you had a purpose. And then you said, okay, how am I going to provide so much value that I'm going to get value in return? But it wasn't this one-to-one work to receive, Mm-hmm. Right, it wasn't. Oh, I'm going to work one hour. I'm going to get paid one hour for my work. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to let this fine wine ferment. You know, I'm going to let it sit in the cellar, and then one day it's going to hit. And what I think is important with you guys, and it comes from a background of solving a problem. Right, being a critic without a solution is called being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can be a critic. You guys set out to do something, and what you did from a business standpoint is very cool. Um, I'm kind of a business nerd. I have my hands in different fields doing different things. And you have a model where you guys didn't make a bunch of assumptions. People get really screwed when they go, I assume people want this. I assume people want that. And they build out this huge, it's called a waterfall approach Mm -hmm. of A, B, C, D, E is going to happen. You guys said, here's A. I want to get to B. We'll let the rest guide itself. And so like you say, you're taking in messages from people and then you're manipulating what you want to put out based on their needs. So you're listening and um, really hearing the customers themselves. This all comes from, you know where mm-hmm. this all comes from? This all comes from the fact that, again, we, we all trained hundreds or thousands of, of, of clients for decades. And when you train people for that long, and, and first off, you can assume if someone's a trainer for that long, it's because they love it and it's their career. You know, a lot of times people become trainers and they do it part-time and they stop after six months or whatever. But if you're doing it for 20 years, you love what you do and you have a passion for it. We all have that passion. And our goal is to be as successful as possible as defined by the success of our clients. Not in terms of I'm making a million dollars, but am I able to get clients not only the results that they're looking for, but also permanently. That's the hard part. Like, can I get someone to lose 30 pounds? That's kind of easy. You just follow the steps and do what I tell you. But can I do it so that you lose the 30 pounds forever? Well, now we're talking about behavioral changes 
permanent behavior changes, and that's really hard. And what ends up happening through that whole through that period of time is you 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 go through these phases of of being a trainer. It starts off with you telling people what to do, then it turns into you becoming charismatic at telling people what to do, and then you realize it's actually all about listening. I got to listen. I got to listen. I got to listen. I got to meet people where they're at, and I get to give them enough information and deliver it in a way to where it impacts them and challenges them, but in realistic ways so that they can slowly progress and grow. And so that skill that we all developed as personal trainers is exactly how we're running this business. Just like you said, we're providing value, but our audience is kind of telling us what they need, Mm -hmm. what they want to learn. It's like, oh, you know what? We're doing these complex, you know, uh, podcasts on, you know, how, you know, eating particular foods affects your circadian rhythm and your mitochondria and how you're, but when we did that episode on the three most important things you need to do for fat loss, that one went gangbusters. That's because our audience needs to understand the basics. Let's focus on that. And it's so true of personal training. I did that as a trainer. I'd get a client when I first became a trainer. I'm like, I got all the, I'll got, I have all the answers. Here's your diet. Follow that. Here's your workout. Do that. Perfect. We have the solution. And it just didn't work long term. Later on, I learned, okay, that's not, it's okay. Let's stick with the basics. And step one with Mrs. Johnson is I'm going to have you drink one extra glass of water a day for now. Let's just start with that. And once that becomes a part of your behavior, we're going to take it to the next step. And it was the basics. And so that's what we're allowing our audience to do with not just our podcast, but the rest of our media and then the content and information and, and products that we provide. So I've been, I just, I'm a nerd. Guys listening obviously know that. Yeah, that's why um, I like you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> is I'm reading a book called Story Brand, and it's about the idea that it needs to be about the consumer. And you are Yoda, not Luke Skywalker. Right, you are. Um, I like hey, Mitch, <laughs> you're Hey, Mitch. You're not Katniss Everdeen. Mm. And the idea is, every consumer is coming to us or you guys in the situation with an issue. Something has happened. You are now the guide to help that consumer be successful. Mm. You're not Luke Skywalker defeating Vader, right? You're Yoda helping Luke defeat their defeat their villain they're luke skywalker they are luke skywalker Mm -hmm. and they have their own vader they're fighting Mm -hmm. right whether it's fat loss whether it's performance and you are yoda providing the material in an understandable way to put them in a position to take on vader to take on you know hunger games kind of situation whatever it is and that is why as humans we react that way if it's not instinctual, so I was reading this, and again, I just was reading the book on the way over here, which is why it's on top of my head, was the human body doesn't want to waste time. It needs to relate to information in terms of something. It can immediately help itself survive, thrive, and whatnot. And so if we make information so confusing, confusing that we have to waste metabolic energy to process it, it's a waste of time. That's right. Right. So we want to be that Yoda who says a couple of words and waves a hand, you know, or an Obi-Wan who goes, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for kind of thing, <laughs> as a guide to put them in that situation. Yeah, you're, you're 100% correct, and that's why, again, one of the skills that we learned as trainers was the most important thing that we that – we, the most important skill that we had as trainers wasn't the knowledge we had on fitness. It wasn't what we knew about diet. It was our ability to communicate effectively. How effectively can I communicate so that this person understands fundamentally what I'm trying to say to the point where they can now adopt it and become a part of their new uh, behavior? So I'll give you a great example. Here's a great example of what I'm talking about. Um, I could come out with some information 
studies and science and say, okay, uh, if you eat more calories than you burn, you're going to gain body fat. Here's the here's all the all the science and statistics. If you eat these cookies, they're not going to be good for you, so you shouldn't eat them. So now the person's like, okay, great information. So now that at a party, and there's cookies in front of them, and someone says, do you want a cookie? And they're like, no, I can't have a cookie. I shouldn't have a cookie. Now that behavior right there, that understanding of that information is a failing one. It's not one that's going to succeed because. You yourself are tyrannizing yourself. You yourself are repressed. And at some point, you're going to rebel. We all know what that looks like. You binge. You go from, I can't to screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Now, here's a different way of presenting it. You don't want to eat that cookie. What do you mean I don't want to eat that cookie? Well, your goal is fat loss. The reality is not that you can't eat that cookie, but you don't want to eat that cookie. You identify that that cookie tastes good. You'll enjoy the hedonistic pleasure of of tasting that cookie and how it's going to feel. But at the end of the day, for you, you're valuing the weight loss more than that hedonistic value. So now when you're at a party and someone offers you a cookie, you don't say, I can't eat that cookie. You say, I don't want that cookie. The way I just communicated that is extremely powerful, far more powerful to the average person than just this information of why you want to eat a particular way because here's what the, the studies show with fat loss. Well, and I've also found too, and like there's a heavy – uh, element of, of entertainment, you know, in our podcast for a reason. And we, we, uh, especially in the beginning, we really tried to stretch ourselves in terms of like, how can we, um, you know, make this more enjoyable? Can we, how ridiculous can we get? And where's our threshold? What does that look like? You know, we really <laughs> press the boundaries, uh, in the beginning. Uh, and I mean, there, there was like, you know, some thought to it, but like, you know, under all, I was really glad that we started out with that. So now we kind of find our sweet spot of, cause when I was in class, I knew that if I was really engaged and you could feel the passion behind, uh, the teacher, uh, with, with the subject matter, it was contagious and, that can be, you know, in, in terms of like having fun with it, but also just like having that real passion behind it that uh, really like pulled you into the information. And so uh, for us, that's that's like a crucial piece, especially for somebody like me who, you know, I've been through academia and I've gone through I got my degree and it was the most boring like I, I retained maybe like a quarter of what I learned kind of a situation. So uh, for me, that was like I, I'm always kind of checking myself as sitting in the conversation. Oh, wow. Like, like, let's spice this up a little bit. Let's make this more engaging somehow. How can we do that? Well, to to these points, and I, Max, you're going to like this because you keep referring to being the business guy. Like that's I love that part. So I, I would love to talk all day with you on this. What we're doing on on uh, uh, the behind the scenes and the digital piece to this is, for example, and I spoke at this mastermind group and uh, I talked about our Facebook conversion rate. Like when we do like a three to one. So we're for every dollar we're spending, we're getting back three. And uh, afterwards, I got pulled aside and they were like, I don't understand. Why, why aren't you guys making way more then? Why aren't you doing all that? And I said, well, that's because... That's not our number one focus is just to make more money. We could 5X the business right now today just by dumping more money into the machine. But instead, we're using it just to get the analytics so we can go back to serve the customer even better. So we took any bit of money that we made over this last year, we've dumped it back into the software to build out this new robust website that's going to feed us information and let us know when, okay, somebody comes in on that Facebook, who are they? Did they come in because they had hip pain? 
And if they had hip pain, what are the reasons why? And then how do I build something in to service that person? Now, sure, we've proven that we can get all these people in. We've got great programs. We've got a great message. So the ratio of people that buy from us and the overall customer experience is happy and we're winning. But that does it. We're not just money motivated and driven that way. So we're not just pouring money into advertising and converting and making lots more. We're going, okay, let's use this data, this analytics to find a way to better serve our customer. And I know in the long run, that's going to really serve us. And even though right now it doesn't, we could be 3x or 5x bigger than what we are, we're going to slowly get there by doing it the right way. And so the same thing that we've learned to communicate on the podcast, we're now trying to do that on the back end from a digital perspective because there's people now that are coming into Mind Pump that have never even heard of the three of us because they came in on some on, on some ad or some free guide that got marketed. And just because I got them into the ecosystem doesn't mean I just want to convert them to money. We're trying to find ways to provide those people more free, more good information, more specific to them. What you're saying too is, and maybe you didn't say it directly, is you don't need to be perfect. <laughs> no, yeah. there's right. no such thing. <laughs> and so many people, they want to, oh, you know, I want to make a podcast or I want to, do, I want to have a studio like you guys right away. Well, that's a huge assumption. You don't yeah. know if anyone even wants to listen to you. Mm -hmm. right? So you say, you know what? We're not going to be perfect. We're going to do our best to find out what people like. We're going to learn. Just like if you're a trainer, you learn what exercises work best for a client. We, we do this shit all the time without knowing it. And like the example is you go and talk to, um, again, my girlfriend, Kelsey, love her to death. This is an example. <laughs> you go and talk to a girl at a bar. You can immediately, so it's called iterative loops. You talk to someone, they flip their hair. They look down, they look away. You're not going to go up to her and say, here's a ring. Are you going to marry me? That's an assumption that she likes you for four years. You're going to say, hey, what's your name? What drink do you like? You know. And then as you keep doing it, you might suck at first, but you'll get better and better and better at understanding how to talk to people, how to interact with people, but more importantly, how to learn quicker. That's right. Mm. If people are, it's funny because if you look at the success of like uh, Western societies, largely the success that comes from Western societies, and by most metrics, they are some of the most successful ones. And I could debate that all day, but we don't need to go there. But one of the reasons why they're so successful is because people were free to pursue their own interests. And what ends up happening is people get better at doing that. And so markets, that's why markets are so successful. That's why they produce the best products with the most efficiency. Well, what people are doing with themselves when they say they need to be perfect is like they're trying to be central planners. They're trying to imagine every possible scenario of what it's going to be to be perfect. And then they're trying to put it forward. I hate to break it to you, but you don't have enough information. It's impossible. It's like me trying to uh, develop the best car based off of what I think everybody's going to want. And I'm competing with people who are doing it little by little and listening to what people want and getting other people to step in. So what you want to do with your business is, yes, you want to definitely put your best foot forward. But the idea is you're going to get better. There's going to be information you're going to get while you're doing that that you didn't have before. Don't assume that you know everything because oftentimes you don't. And be okay with the fact that the end product is going to be far better than the beginning product. Because I think the main reason why people don't do that is I think that they're afraid of sucking or they're afraid of making mistakes. Again, you don't have all the information. Know you're going to make mistakes. Know that you're going to get better. That's, a, that's actually the only way to truly get really, really good and really, really get better. Because I'll tell you what, we have a thousand episodes of our podcast. You listen to episode one, way, way different 
than episode, you know, a thousand and two or whatever. Yeah. So I just was Wikipedia really quick. There's a quote I like, and it's about chaos theory. And it's called, when the present determines the future, but the approximate present does not approximately determine the future. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea is that if we try to determine, theoretically speaking, if we could measure everything at once right now, we would know what's going to happen next. But if we approximate what's going to happen, we won't approximate the future because there's so many variables going on. Too many. And so what happens is people try to approximate the future. If I do this, then I do this, then I'll be here. No, it's more like, have you ever been on a boat where you're fishing and you throw out the net and you kind of just ride the boat and you see what you caught in the net? Because you just cast a net and you see what catches. And then you learn, okay, if I cast here, we catch this. And it becomes this feedback process. But the issue is if you assume that you need to approximate the future to know what's going to happen, then you're never going to actually take the first step. It's not necessarily paralysis by analysis because that's a classic example. It's more like um, fear of not knowing because that's a huge part of this. You step onto a mic and you guys don't know me that well. Shit, I could have been some crazy asshole on mm-hmm. here just ranting. And, well, that was a waste of time. Um, <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you take the risk and you learn and you do uh, the research and become better and better at it. And what happens is in the social media world, there's a p- big pendulum. And what, and, and what goes on is that we really swing left and right really quickly. And we have, unfortunately... Um, it started off like, you know, fads really caught on. And what you guys are doing is starting to penetrate to become more informational and slowly develop that process. But we need more people like yourselves who are going in that direction because you're starting to see the pendulum swing now where long formats, which something no one thought ever existed. It went from MTV short clips mm-hmm. really fast, right. surface level. Who would have thought? To now Netflix documentaries that are, you know, 90 episodes that people have the attention span to listen to. And so what they first tapped into is people's immediate interest in this area. And I think they assumed that it was, oh, the quick advertising. And that assumption was, that's so such a great example. That assumption was made because what was getting the most views were the short things. But that's because the bandwidth was limited. That's a hundred percent. So when you're trying to present information, and I'm on a TV show, I got ten minutes to do it, and I want to talk about a complex yeah, issue. Your sponsors in half yeah, of it. The most effective way I'm going to communicate a complex issue in ten minutes is buzzwords and phrases and things that are going to hit. But I, but you're not going to really understand it. You're not going to understand the complex issue. It's going to take me a two hour podcast to discuss this. But now that the bandwidth is unlimited. We can do that. So now the most powerful media is like Joe Rogan's podcast is like three hours long. No way. There's not, there isn't a single media executive from 30 years ago that would have guessed that a three hour on average or two hour on average podcast. Audio too only. Audio yeah. only yeah. Yeah. would get more views or listens than all the news networks combined. Nobody would have ever, ever guessed that. And so I 100% agree with you. I think this long form is bringing it's it's this is filtering out the garbage. I really really do because yep. you know how hard it is to be to fake it oh, on a 2 hour it. you can't bullshit <laughs> on, no. on a podcast it's hard to be a bullshit artist, especially an hour 2 hour podcast, especially if you've been on several ones because we know people like this. We've listened to them like, wow, they sound kind of good. Then I listen yeah, to another podcast. Terrible like, oh, it's the same shit though. over and over. Yeah. yeah. They're saying the same thing over and over again. They're actually a rehearsed uh, commercial. We've interviewed people like this before. We had high hopes and we did a podcast we're like, okay, that was a big commercial. This person has, they might have been good 30 years ago when you could do it that way, but not today. What's, what's really interesting about that is I think 
um, it's almost like junk food that MTV came along and people kept coming back and coming back like, oh, I'm trying to learn more, so I'll watch more. <laughs> but I don't think satisf- satisfaction was there, right? I mean, I don't know how, and this isn't a ding on MTV because they actually were the first kind of pioneers, pioneers in that quick um, cuts and whatnot. But it's the idea that we really wanted surface level stuff and we thought we only wanted surface level stuff. Now people are going from, oh, you know, maybe I'll stay away from those potato chips and I'll eat carrots because we went from surface level, surface level, that tastes good so let's actually have you know some longevity to this and i think you need that kind of information going on to where you guys are drawing it out not drawing out like oh this takes forever but like drawing out in the sense mm-hmm. like you're actually diving into detail and what's really cool and really good podcasters do is they ask questions as if the other person was there for them mm-hmm. so you guys do an excellent job of not just talking about but thinking about you know, if I didn't know that much about this situation, what question might I ask? Right. You know, what do you mean by a length tension relationship? What do you mean by um, isometrics and how do you apply them? Because now you're acting as if I would as an uninformed listener in the room. And that's where it becomes very powerful. Yeah, that's the communication piece. And that's what mm-hmm. we, we learn training clients. And, you know, it's 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 funny. Um, I remember I would get these trainers uh, that would come work for me and they would do an assessment of a client. And it was the most complex assessment of all time. And I remember they would spend like an hour and a half with the person and then the client would leave. And then I'd ask them like, let's talk about the assessment. And they'd explain it to me. And they'd say, you know, in about a week, you're going to have to, this is all going to be garbage, right? You, you have to continually, continuously assess, constantly assess. You need that information constantly. And that's what we try to do uh, with our business is constantly assess. Are we being effective? Are people understanding what we're trying to say? How am I communicating this thing that I'm excited about? Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and because we train clients for so long, we know how sometimes things can be received. For example, you know, ketogenic diet, for example, was this big thing uh, a few years ago. It's still big today, but uh, a few years ago is when it started to really surface. And so we started talking about it, but we knew uh, because we'd worked with clients for so long, like, okay, there's these studies that show particular benefits, but here's why it's not ideal for most people. Part of the reason is it's very restrictive. Uh, Behaviorally speaking, not going to work for most people because they're going to rebound so hard because they went from these super strict uh, parameters to what that typically leads to, which is rebelling, which is typically binging. Um, and that behavior we've seen over and over again. Here's why it doesn't work for these people over here because athletes may need more carbohydrates for for maximum performance. There's also cultures that have lived with incredible longevity for long periods of time that tend to be carbohydrate-based. So it's not necessarily that keto is the, the healthiest diet, but there are aspects of it. Anyway, the way we discussed it and the way we talked about it were along those lines. We knew what people would ask, and we knew that we were talking to the average person. So, What's happening, you brought up a great point, is the idea that, and this you maybe didn't bring it up directly, but keto, right? That's yeah. a big fad. And have you ever seen a school of fish swim, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you know how they communicate? Are you aware? No, no. maybe. Mm-hmm. So they is call, it with the electric impulses? It's called lateral line. Okay. Um, and it uh, senses, you know, differentiate pressures in the water. So mm-hmm. if you approach it, that's why... It, they all move at once, so it feels you coming. It moves. It signals all the other to move at once. Hmm. So, if you think about this in current culture, our lateral line as a human, you know, species is now our phone. A lateral line never existed. Right? Oh, wow. We didn't have this reactive, reflexive ability to communicate instantly. Hmm. So, it's become very powerful and very dangerous. Powerful in the sense, if the good. You know, people who are directing it in the right direction can manipulate the crowd in a way that 
um, is better for everybody, that's wonderful. But if unfortunately certain marketing finds out, oh, you know, if you have, you know, this aspect here, or that aspect there, we can control the crowd reactively. And so that's where you see these like the meme culture and the quick fad culture and all this stuff is now prevalent when it wasn't 20 years ago because a lateral line didn't exist because a newspaper is too slow, mm-hmm. right? You wouldn't have minute to minute updates. If you're a fish, you have instantaneous updates. Mm. Now we're like a bunch of fish. We got a phone by us and we're getting left shark. You know, yeah, we might think, oh, you know, keto one day, uh, you know, high carb the next. And that's really confusing for all the consumers because the consumers don't have a beacon. Instead, it's this information being dropped into a um, sea of people trying to figure it all out and it's getting bounced around in the sense the way fish move. And Mm. so now that you guys are providing a platform to where Let's be a beacon so we can act as autonomous agents. So as a person who can be themselves and make a decision by themselves, as opposed to having to rely on this, you know, lateral line aspect to where we're, oh, we see this, we all move in this direction because everyone else is moving in that direction. The long form has now empowered people to get information that isn't just the click tag, right? That's right. We're, and what we're trying to do, because there's a lot of value. Now, you got to watch what the shitty... Uh, people that lack integrity, influencers, uh, uh, what they do. Because, yes, they, they send out bad information. They lack integrity. But they are really good at communicating certain things and getting attention. So we try to do is we try to pay attention to that. Because yeah. you need to fight fire with fire. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to communicate the right information, but also take cues from these people who are reaching millions of people. So we're trying to be entertaining, give out that free information, give you enough flash so you pay attention, communicate it in a way that it makes sense. You're trying to fight fire with fire. So these same tools that you said are powerful, they're powerful for everybody. Yeah, and what sucks is like if we didn't need people who are charismatic, everyone just go to, you know, listen to a university professor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. It's the unfortunate nature, right? There are guys who are a hell of a lot smarter than me, who know more than me, mm-hmm. but maybe just don't have that ability or the want to express it over a platform like this. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people um, you know, wanting to learn more, you now start to see you know, research papers and citations and these you know articles are becoming more prevalent, which is very cool to see. Yep. Right? You never really saw that in the past. It's very opinion-based. And now people are like, well, you know, what research says that, which is an exciting time for where we are because we've really been pushing for, you know, let's let people make their own decision based on something that they understand. It's starting to drive research, which I really love. A good example of this is if you look at um, the, the medicalization of uh, cannabidiol, CBD, for example, um, CBD uh, really started to get noticed because People who had children who had intractable forms of epilepsy met on forums, and some of them said, hey, this, you know, CBD, my kid stops having seizures or has far less seizures. They all started talking to each other. They all went to Colorado. Everybody started, you know, and this drove research. This is what drove the research now that now we have CBD, uh, medical CBD, that they're now prescribing for these forms of epilepsy that were uh, that were not uh, treatable, and it was all driven because of this ability to to communicate, which I think is uh, absolutely fascinating. What you guys too mentioned in the beginning was, you guys come from a training background, right? And so when you're a trainer, you are an autonomous agent. You're acting by yourself, and then trainers start to talk to trainers because they 
learn from each other. Just like the CBD example, people have to deal with maybe the kid they have. They don't have time to listen to everything else, but they're trying Mm -hmm. to find people in a similar situation, which makes sense why you three kind of came together. Because now you have, you know, you can practice all the fads you want, but if you're working with someone, you need to get some results. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so typically, you know, your nine minute abs isn't going to last you the whole, you know, and what are you going to do the <laughs> other 51 minutes yeah. of the workout, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you guys have to act on your own. And that showcases then the ability to think that way when you're not in that environment. I think there's a lot of power to working with people because you guys are educators. That's what you are. Right? You're a form and means of information. And you're not treating yourself right as Luke Skywalker. You're the Yoda. Right. And... From me coming in from my standpoint and then being here now physically, but seeing it externally, it's very positive direction and something that people can hang their hat on because in a long form, if you're boring and you don't talk about shit that's useful, mm-hmm. people are going to stop listening. It's just like training. You're, you're not, you're yeah, not going to make like any training. impact. The, 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 we get comments from uh, our listeners and, follow, and people who follow our, our, our blogs and articles all the time, but the ones that really, and a lot of them impact us. I mean, they're, they're very, very humbling, but the ones that are really interesting to me are when I hear people, and I get these every day, people who say things like, because of your podcast, I decided to become a personal trainer. Like because of you guys, I decided to get into the field of fitness to help other people, and this to me is extremely powerful. And and you know, and that's ultimately what we're we're really if we're going to impact anybody in effective ways, it's going to be through a generation of new trainers who are doing it the right way, who are really helping the people. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are really helping people the most. Well, there was a very pivotal moment in this business where we pieced this actually together. Um, because we came out, like Justin said, with a lot of the entertainment, we were, we were trying to capture people that way, but then we all of a sudden we dropped this science on people and, and that was really good information that they could apply to their workouts. As time went on, we started to kind of, our, our, our episodes started to get long. They started really short. In fact, when we first did the research, we said, oh, the average commute is 25 minutes, so let's make our podcast 25 minutes. So we did that at the very beginning. And then they, they started to get longer and deeper and longer and deeper. And then they started to form into this, you know, half of it was kind of entertainment and just BS. And then the back half of it was like this very science-based type of training information and diet stuff. And we kind of surveyed our audience about halfway through the business to see like, you know, what, why are people listening and yeah. sharing us? Is it, it was split? And it was almost a perfect even split of people that were like, I don't give a shit about the science. I'm mm. here because I fucking, you guys are like me. Wow. I feel like you're my best yeah. friend, the, the bros in the locker room. I turn it off when you start talking about science. <laughs> Some people don't listen to the back half. Right. It's trippy. And then there was the other half that said, oh, it annoys me with the locker room. Talk this. I fast forward until the science. Mm-hmm. And so this, we had this, and probably one of the most important times in this business where we decided, okay, well, how, what do we do? So to, do we start another podcast? Do we do we cater only to the science people because that's kind of like our main vision here? What do we do to solve this? And I think the the best answer was that's why we intro the way we do. So Sal comes on the show and just says, you know, intros the show and says over the next 38 minutes, we have our fun locker room talk where we discuss these topics. And we let you know and forecast it. Then 30 minutes in, we get into the, the fitness questions that you want. And it was probably uh, the secret sauce yeah. to what really took and us. And you grazed over one big thing, which is the questions. 
And this is something that we sort of hacked into early as far as uh, Q&A and, and really getting that immediate like response of what our audience wants to know. And so we just fed right into it because they were the highest performing episodes we, we did. And they still are. It's, it's pretty crazy. But uh, like people just want to know very specific things. We try and address them in terms of like how everybody could benefit from it and not just try and get the really like super nuanced specific type of questions. But that is really what's dro- like drove the show because people love to hear that. Yes, we will address your question. Like we will make time for you for that. We will also do that, you know, in whatever platform, you know, if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, like we make time to make sure that you know, these questions, like we're going to address them very specifically. And if we don't have time for it, we're going to come back and then you can keep asking the question. At some point we will, because we'll see that like more people are really interested in that subject. And, and I, I think a big part of, of what we're doing is just timing also. I, I don't think we're the, the, the greatest of all time or what we're doing. I just think the timing was so perfect because the, the fitness industry at large had existed for long enough to where people kind of started to see the bullshit a little bit. Like when I first began, got into fitness, you know, before and after pictures saying, you know, lose 30 pounds in 30 days, take this magic pill or whatever was quite effective. It's becoming less effective today. People are starting to be like, ah, there's a lot of crap that's out. There's a lot of snake oil salesmen. There's a lot of charlatans. So it was perfect timing for a few guys to come out and tell the truth and for the truth to be mind-blowing. Like, oh my God, these guys said that eating every two hours was bullshit and that I don't need to do that. It doesn't really do anything to speed up my metabolism. Their minds were blown. It was like perfect timing for us to just tell the truth and for people to get their minds blown by what we were saying. Because I, be- I bet you if we did this 30 years ago or 20 years ago, I don't think it would have been nearly as impactful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For now we're coming out and we're like, oh, you know all that stuff you heard about carbs and all that stuff you heard about fat? Eh, you know, here's the truth or whatever. And people are like, oh shit, these guys are... No, we're just telling the truth. That's all. You're right. There is a big timing aspect in regards to information, right? Because the information was only out there for like, they said 30 years before. And so it didn't have time for people to even understand it. Like the Russians were doing research and they're doing a lot of really cool scientific stuff. But they're a communist country that wasn't monetizing it. So you didn't really get bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You get like high level doctors who are praised as, you know, like um, very high esteemed individuals in that community, which is totally opposite of here because a doctor, you might not know his name, but you'll know, you know nine Instagram people's names. Yeah. And, right. and it's the nature of the beast and it is what it is. They also had, uh, because, because of their structure, their ethics were a little different, where here, we might say, "Hey, can we study the? Can we took all? Can we take all these athletes and put them on three grams of testosterone and see what happens?" Like they would never allow that to happen here because, or if they did, it would have to be, you know, kind of behind the closed doors. But in communist, you know, Russia, like, yeah, let's see what happens when we have all these yeah. orphans. When we don't like, <laughs> let's watch how this plays out. Yeah, let's not cuddle all these orphan children and see how they develop. I mean, that's an actual study <laughs> well, they, that they, they did. <laughs> they had a study where they cut open someone's head and they had gold electrodes like on their brain while they're like walking around. What? And I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, wow. Well, you probably learned a lot, but that's, that doesn't sound too. I don't know my IRB would let that one fly. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to ask you guys a question. Kind of time's getting short here. Regardless of profession, because now this is becoming a medium, not just for fitness professionals, but for people in the tech industry, people in the cooking world, um, you know, all the above. 
if they wanted to look to develop a social media platform similar to this nature, you guys have been through the trials and tribulations. You've been through the fire. What's some advice that you can give people? Not, maybe not too long, but a nice short little piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, getting started that you would provide to them to help them maybe get a little more. You can't obviously give them, you know, there's no sauce, but maybe give them on the right path. Well, mm-hmm. the the first one I'll, I'll give is uh, don't try and monetize too soon. Probably the number one mistake I see. Uh, you're, you, let's use the examples you said. I'm a smart tech guy. I got a great piece of tech. I'm a, a great cook. I've, I've already done all these great things. And so I think I'm going to turn on the social media and I'm going to start making money. And then they just use their their social media as a as another means of trying to collect money. And it, you got to remember, it's called social media for a reason. It's it's designed to be social and interactive, and a great resource and tool for you to use. And so treat it that way. I think if it, and you, I mean, use us all for example. Go to each one of uh, Sal, Justin, myself, Doug, all of our Instagram pages, including the business one, Mind Pump Media. So we've got four of them, five of them, if you include Doug. And tell me where you see us talking about anything that we sell. You won't see it anywhere. You won't see us trying to sell you anything. It's a place for us to interact. And I tell people that I look at these tools as like a, a business card that if you dropped in from somewhere and you looked at it, you get an idea of, the, of these people who are behind this business. And so the number one mistake I would say, and there's a lot of things I could go all day about this, but the number one I see is turning it on right away with this intention of making money. I like to look at all of our platforms as a great litmus test to help drive the direction of the company. Mm -hmm. So even like when we put on the YouTube, I see a lot of kids that get so distracted by the negative comments. Well, to me, I love the negative comments. It's giving me feedback on the content that I'm providing to my audience. Like, so you know, treat these tools as exactly that, as tools and resources to help drive your your business. Don't look at it the way of, and there's a lot of people right now that are trying to give you these gimmicks of, oh, I'll buy followers and find ways to monetize real quick. Go slow, take your time, build value, use it as a litmus test. There's a lot of those right now in terms of like gimmicks and tricks and algorithm hacks and all these types of things that uh, are you know being taught right now. And a lot of people are getting kind of sucked into a lot of different um inspirational pages and business pages and you know pages that like really want to they're trying to basically emulate what they're doing because they see that they're successful and like how are they doing it they're doing it this way they're having this specific thing following this if it's not authentic if it's not something that you know reflects you your personality your your why which is you know that's something that we've uh you know, we, we've always tried to, to remain consistent with. And so, first of all, you have to determine that. Like, wh- what is it that you're trying to do? What kind of value is the person that's dropping in going to receive? And so instead of me trying to get something, I'm just leading with my giving foot. Mm. And so just like to Adam's point of, uh, you know, not monetizing, it's it's providing, you know, getting that trust in providing value over everything else the rest will will kind of fall in place but you really like that's where the communication starts and then you build upon that yeah i'd I'd say the biggest uh one of the biggest mistakes is thinking that you need a lot of people like the goal is to get just a lot of eyes on me really the 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 you don't necessarily want to do that what you want to what you want is impact how how deep am i impacting people how much value am i providing to people if you have 10,000 followers that really 
follow you, love your information, find tons of value in everything you're saying um, that you truly impact, that's worth way more than a million people that just like to look at your pictures. Way more valuable. So it's about providing the value and the impact. If you're trying to build a business, that's what you should really be looking to do is how much value am I really providing? Am I really developing or turning these people into real followers or are they just here to click? We learned this lesson a long time ago. We, we, we paid, when we first started, we paid some uh, Instagram influencers to post about our podcast, people who had like 2 million followers, but they were like the, you know, the butt models, the chicks that, you know, bend over in front of the picture, look hot or whatever. And we thought, oh, they have all, they have 2 million people following. They're going to send us all to all kinds of people. No one, we got no one from them at all because people that follow them just want to look at their pictures. They could give a shit about, they're not influencing anybody. Then you have people who have, you know, 15,000 followers, but you look at the engagement, the value that they're providing, that they're talking to people, people asking them questions, those people post about us and we feel it right away. That's what that's the biggest thing I would say with this this whole social media, you know, side of it. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's awesome advice. It's understanding um multiple aspects, right? Whether it's having some patience and developing it, having a why behind it, and then also really understanding if you have, you know, the why and the patience, then who you're interacting with, how can you connect, leverage different relationships in a positive way. So everyone benefits to get engagement um, that's meaningful for yourself. Again, not you know paying someone who you know takes pictures of themselves to just post your stuff because of numbers, but really if you stick to that why, then it drives you know who you engage with, and then it drives the context of your podcast. And it's like having a flashlight in a dark room. It's not going to be perfect, but you're not going to stub your toe as many times versus turn the lights off and just trying to make it to the other end. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you guys again. Let me use all your equipment. Um, <laughs> this is well. probably the nicest quality sounding podcast I'm going to have <laughs> for sound a while. Great. Yeah, <laughs> um, but no, you guys are awesome. And again, if you guys have a chance to check them out, um, mind it's what's the website again? Mindpumpmedia. Mindpumpmedia.com. Yep. The podcast is Mind Pump. Our YouTube channel, uh, which is great, if you're a trainer and you want exercise demos or how to teach exercises and stuff to your clients, phenomenal channel. And then if you just like to work out and you want to learn stuff. Uh, it's Mind Pump TV. Uh, that's on YouTube. And then uh, we have we created a bunch of free guides for people. So they're, you know, like how to get your squat numbers to go up, how to work on your arms, how to build your core, stuff like that. Uh, that's at mindpumpfree.com. That's awesome. Yeah, go check it out, guys. It's These guys are the real deal. Um, you know, Adam, Sal, Justin, thank you guys. Really appreciate your time. And uh, once again, looking forward to speaking to you guys soon. Thanks, Bro, man. Always Thanks welcome here, brother. Yeah.